Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika Soft Gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. We get moms coming in that have chronic illnesses. We just try to remove the fear by giving them accurate information and they're finding cannabis to be more effective in their treatments than the pharmaceuticals. This is The Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast and around the world who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, continuing on her mission to lift up the stories of the women creating the cannabis industry by sharing their canna stories with you. So go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's the Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us again today. I think it should be Thanksgiving, but we're so early. So are you getting ready for Thanksgiving, Dave? Yeah, kind of an uneventful Thanksgiving, but I'm going to spend it with my folks, which is good. Haven't been able to do that the last couple of years because of COVID. So that's nice, right? Exactly. I, I almost forgot that I haven't had Thanksgiving for two years. And yeah. I'm actually, this year, I'm thinking of bringing THC water infusible drops. We're going to see. Maybe it'll make everyone chill. No. Well, <laughs> will they know they're drinking the drops ahead of time, or will it just appear in the water? I don't know. I have to decide. <laughs> so if anyone in my family is listening, that's not happening. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. All right. So before introducing today's guest, I just want to introduce you to an organization called Freedom Grow. It's an all-volunteer nonprofit that is assisting cannabis prisoners regain freedom. It is founded by Randy Lanier. He is on a mission, like so many in cannabis, to be the person he needed. I'm not going to go into his whole story, but check him out, freedomgrow.org. I heard about them on 
Clubhouse because that's where I learn everything. And I just think we talk about criminal justice, freedom, patient, patient care, the whole gamut. But this is really part of it, helping our brothers and sisters who have actually gone to. That's you know, yeah. That I remember. You're a lo- we're both lawyers, recovering lawyers. Choice, but you might remember there was a, in Massachusetts anyway. There's a, a task squad that gets called upon, and it when criminal defense lawyers when criminal defense lawyers themselves are thrown in jail for like contempt, you know, like you see on TV, like I'm right. throwing you into, and, and this is kind of the same thing that's, it's, you know, they're one of your own, right. And you're rallying behind them. I take it. These are people imprisoned for kind of to make a point. Like, it's not like they've shot anyone. It's just like, they're doing something that we think should be legal. Possession. People are in, yeah. I mean, we'll talk to our guests later about her issues, but people are still in jail for Like, I can walk out of a dispensary with like 10 ounces of weed now. I mean, seriously. Yeah. And people are in jail for a joint or an ounce or have been roughed up or they have something on their record. So this is serious. You know, we talk a lot about the fun part of cannabis, but, you know, this is human lives have been ruined for no good reason. And if you want to be part of the solution, this is an easy right. way. Give five, ten dollars and these people can get something to help establish them back in society because that's what we want. That's what we want for all prisoners, but we can help our cannabis people. It's one of the dark. Okay. It's one of the darkest aspects of American history is the the criminal the, the way the criminalization of marijuana has been handled. I mean, you probably saw that documentary, The Thirteenth. It it became a, a kind of a new form of slavery. But time does not permit us to get into the entire issue. So, <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to this cannabis show for long enough, you have gotten the gist of this is where we're heading. So cannabis health equity we talk about but this is another part of it and just so we know we do have a special segment guest today tia moskalenko let's see if i said that right of ask growers (laughs) she's going to share some insights about cannabis strains and how to keep your pot fresh a little later in the show and before we introduce today's guest i want to thank courage and cannabis and dr bridget williams for making today's show possible all right so our guest our guest today is the very first cannamom I met so many years ago, and I'm so happy to be sharing her story with you today. She founded a nonprofit organization, Mummy, to support families who are looking for safe access to cannabis. Today's guest founded her nonprofit to be for moms by moms because her empathic demeanor towards mothers from all walks of life comes from her real life experiences. She is a mother of four children, a cannabis advocate, and a cannabis target. Today's guest had a serious accident and found healing through cannabis by talking to growers and open-minded doctors until she finally found the strain and application that worked for her specific ailments. And despite being a strong advocate for moms and cannabis, she was caught up in child services and was charged with endangering minors and other crimes. And while most of the charges were eventually dropped, after she rose hell in the form of countless appeals, letters from the community, past employers, and her daughter's father, she still got punished with years of probation. This experience is what led her to start Canamummy.org. Please welcome to the Canamum Show, the original Canamummy, Kelly Bruce. Welcome. Hi, Joyce. Thank you so much for having us here. And what a powerful introduction. Uh, I wouldn't claim that I'm the original Canamum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, won't, I won't say that we haven't taken our bullets either. So... So you are the, and I did say, I mean, this is the truth. So I did talk to you early on and I was not a can of mom really in any sense of the word. And as a marketing, we wanted to call the show the can, you know, call me the can of mom and conversations with you. I'm like, this is a show. The can of mom show is very different from the can of mom. So it's just, it's so important that we talk about these women who really have, you guys risk a lot for, you know, for health and wellness. So 
So let's we just do. begin. We take, we take bullets, yeah. for sure. All right. So let's just kind of start in the beginning. You're in California now, right? Yes, we're in Humboldt County, California. Which is famous for uh, cannabis, but we can get back to that. And I know you had an accident that led you to cannabis, but let's, I like to talk, talk about people, their origin cannabis. So what was your relationship with cannabis prior to your um, health and wellness, I guess, at that point? And what was your family's reaction to this? So I grew up in a pretty conservative home. And so I grew up in the outskirts of Washington, D.C. on the Virginia side in a very non-legal state. And so cannabis my whole life was basically told that if you use cannabis, you're going to end up as like a drug addict on the street and your whole life will be ruined and you can't play sports because you can't have cannabis in your systems. Um, And so I didn't really explore cannabis too much. I, you know, hit or missed it in high school, you know, at parties and stuff, I was more drawn to smoking than drinking, but it wasn't really until I got into college in Vermont when I was actually exposed to really good quality cannabis that I started to, and even then, I don't think that it was fully connecting, but I found that I would smoke to help write papers, right? And then I was finding that towards my like moon cycle, I really enjoyed smoking to help alleviate cramps. But I hid it from my family. I mean, I, I got arrested in Virginia for possession when I was 22. And so that was kind of the icebreaker to my family but it was I mean my dad was super mad he even said you can get a public defender you're an adult figure it out but even then you know I still just got a little slap on the wrist I was charged with disposition 215 put on probation and and it came off so I, I, I would say that my family's reaction to my cannabis use was one of disappointment and fear they were like scared that it was going to ruin my life right and so I kind of hit it uh, for a really long time I would be like a closet cannabis consumer I guess yeah and so, so so that that's that, I mean that is a story of so many women I talk to that they're this thing that's making them feel better is like ruining relationships with people who don't understand what it is but you continue to use it because your own body is telling you it's making you feel better so I think it's a very interesting mind game we've we've got ourselves cut up in in this country um well it's like it works so we're continually drawn to it because it's it is more effective and it has less negative side impacts than even advil i would say oh i'm not medical but but let's go okay so anyway so you're in this kind of world so did you so you had an accident is that when you really got involved with this or like what was the really the the point that changed Hmm. so okay so i became a single mom in 2009 and i was teaching skiing for vale resorts because skiing was my passion growing up and everything and i was hit on new year's eve when my daughter was two by a drunk driver and i was really fortunate because the accident was not you know serious serious but i did herniate discs in my neck and my lower back so it prevented me from being able to perform teaching at my, you know, level that I needed to be at. And so I got put on Percocet, Ambien, and a muscle relaxer to finish out the season. And about two months into that cocktail of prescriptions, two things started happening. One, I, I had to increase the amount of prescription pills I was consuming to continue to mask the pain. It wasn't going away or getting better. I needed more pharmaceuticals to manage the pain because I think my body was, um, you know, getting used to it. And then I needed more. 
And then the other thing that happened is I had like a really weird out of body experience one night on the Ambien. And I, I didn't really remember uh, waking up and tending to my daughter. I, it, it freaked me out. kind wow. of. Yeah, that I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. being in Colorado during, you know, recreational legalization there, this was in 2010, uh, I got my medical cannabis medical card and started to explore cannabis through recommendations of friends. Right. And then I was able to go into a regulated store and understand that there's other ways to consume and, and benefit from cannabis other than just smoking. Right. I'm going to ask you like what, when you started, when you went into this, what did you think you wanted or what did you think you needed or what did people recommend to you when you first asked for, when I first walked in there, I was just looking for like strains that, uh, weren't like you know crappy you know <laughs> bags right like I wanted something good that was like going to be effective but I went in there and I was telling her about I have herniated discs like what kind of flower would you recommend and she was like well have you ever tried uh, a topical right when I say that topical right right and I was like what do you mean <laughs> like right. you can rub THC on you and so she handed me Mary's Medicinal was the first um, topical I ever used and she's still around it's a great brand and I was like oh my god this right. is amazing so did that have um, t- so did uh, Kelly did that have THC in it or was that just the same oh yeah spectrum? it did it had, so, it so was, that was a full I, spectrum wow that's amazing yeah it wasn't even full spectrum it was like full-blown like just like a THC infused I don't even remember what it it was like a cream wow like a lotion yeah um, and so then I started to realize that there's other applications other than just consuming cannabis you know orally or you know ingesting it and inhaling it right um and then i found out about the soaks like uh, an infused soak yep um and then someone was telling me about tinctures to muscle muscle spasms right so essentially i was able to wean myself off of all the pharmaceuticals and replace it with cannabis like using the topicals the tinctures and then smoking a little bit at night to help me with the sleeping right right and so i started becoming a walking billboard in my community (laughs) and i was like telling everyone like you know oh my god i'm using it right now like look like that is hysterical because i think a lot of people are like they're embarrassed there's a lot of shame you know how there's so much shame yeah. about this? And you were like, no, look at me. Look at me. I'm on cannabis. I look happy. I look good. That's great. Yeah, but it backfired because then my community, because I was teaching kids and working with kids and loud and proud about consuming the cannabis during like my day versus the pharmaceuticals, um, someone reported me to Child Protective Services. And, you know, I had my medical card. I'm making these decisions with my doctor they're better I'm, I'm a more functioning parent and like using cannabis regimen than the pharmaceutical regimen and yet because I was consuming and then being responsible in the presence of minors um people had issues with that and so you know CPS comes knocking on my door and Wait. I, this was 2010 Jeez, was, really yeah, in Colorado. And they came and I was loud and proud. And I said, yeah, I do consume. Here's my medical card. Here's where I keep it in my home safe in a locked you know, thing up on a thing or whatever. But I openly admitted to the child protective service worker that I consume cannabis in presence of minors. And apparently that was a no, no, no. <laughs> and so I got charged with in child endangerment and neglect. And so 
I was devastated because that charge, if it stuck, would flag me to be on a registry of endangering children and I would not be able to teach children to ski. I I couldn't work with kids anymore. And I just wasn't sitting well with me. So that's when I like rose hell. And, you know, I was really fortunate. So so Kelly, at this point, how were your family feeling about you at this point? Were they able to assist you? Were they still concerned about you? Were they like, we want to support what, what, how are they feeling about it? Have they seen you get healthy on it? Yeah. I mean, they're still, (laughs) they're still anti, they don't trust it. They don't understand it. They're very, much into they go to doctors they take their prescriptions they're yeah they're in that um category of they're not they don't hear the benefit of cannabis like they're they're not so anti in the fact that like i smoke cannabis openly now at my mom's house she lives in the state of virginia it's not legal so that was new this summer being there but they they have yet to consume it. My dad has tried a topical a couple times, found it to be beneficial, but then didn't continue to use it. <laughs> so my, it my, my my mother's the same way. I think you can't convince your own family. I think that's yeah. what it comes down to. Whatever. It's not your fault. I'm, like, my fault. I'm at the point <laughs> where it's going to be like full circle where her friends are going to start consuming our products and brands and they're going to come recommend to her like oh you should try this and then she'll try it you know what I mean it's yep. like that 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 are a priest I think that or none yeah. my friend's mother listened to a nun but she disinherited her it's a funny story all right so you're yeah. still not into this, but you're so you're fighting this so you fight it and what happened yeah I fought it and you know I was also in a time where Colorado was moving from medical to recreational too so the laws and the whole stigma was kind of like during that time going away as well. So I was pretty fortunate. I had to be on probation for two years and then they dropped everything. But again, I was, I'm lucky and I, and I, it's not lost on me that I had privilege. Yeah. And, and so. So did you have attorneys who want to take this case? I think of this as an attorney. Did you have attorneys who want to take this case on? Because I knew this is important and had to ch- things had to change and this is the case that could change. So it was not even at the legal spot. So CPS is an interesting organization in that they can charge you with endangerment that's not necessarily a criminal crime. So they have huh. their own little database. And once you get in there, you, you cannot, unless they charge you criminally, there's nothing a lawyer can do inside that system. So, You're it's, literally, so it's just advocacy. Wow. That's hard. Yeah, they're just like at the mercy of your case. Okay. Um, never got your case. Now, if they found enough evidence where I was doing criminal things, then they would have charged me criminally. But at that time I wasn't doing anything criminally because I had my medical card. Right. I was just endangering children per the statute the- of Yes. So has that changed since like, no, and it really, yeah. And <laughs> it's part of like the reason we really created the nonprofit is to provide a space for families to get information and resources on how to approach and prevent themselves from getting caught up in that system. All right. And, so, so let's, let's, let's jump to that. Uh, canny yeah. mommy, can, canna mommy.org, right? Yes. So just tell everyone what that is and how you are working with moms, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we decided in 2017 or 16, gosh, I can't remember. I think it was like the beginning of 2017 to form a nonprofit 
that would essentially provide a free space for families to talk to someone from the medical community to get the most accurate information so they can be empowered to make decisions for them and their family. So we provide a free online virtual clinic where you can have a 20 minute consultation with the nurses or other Canamom advocates, depending on, you know, what your questions are and what you need. And, and that's really like a starting, a starting spot. So we don't diagnose, we're not here to give you prescriptions. We're really here just to help you navigate the system, right? Navigate. Oh, that, 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 that's helpful. So what are you, so people come, and moms, what are they coming to you looking for? They're looking for uh, while they're pregnant, after they're pregnant? Yeah, I mean, I, all, I, all of it. It, most of it is moms who are suffering a variety of symptoms for a variety of reasons during their pregnancy and are curious or wanting to know more information about cannabis. And it ranges from all kinds of stuff. I mean, we get moms mostly who are suffering from extreme morning sickness, the mm-hmm. HG, I can never say it. And we also have, you know, and this was surprising to me, we get moms coming in that have chronic illnesses. So like Crohn's disease or autoimmune disease, and they're finding cannabis to be more effective in their treatments than the pharmaceuticals. And then they get pregnant and they can't use the pharmaceuticals and they're curious and nervous about continuing to use cannabis during the pregnancy. And so we get a lot of moms coming in and we just try to remove the fear by giving them accurate information and just really showing them the research that we have and allowing them to have a a safe, confidential conversation that isn't going to go in their medical charts so they don't feel that they're going to be flagged. Because that's the other thing is that a lot of the doctors um, today they don't really know much about the endocannabinoid system. They don't even know it exists. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like they do it for like one week, freshman year in their medical class, right? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And so doctors are not going to recommend or prescribe anything that they're not knowledgeable or, or aware of. And exactly. so, you know, and then if you have that conversation with your care provider and they are not supportive of that choice and you can open up a large can of worms for you to then have to funnel into the system of CPS. And so we try to help families navigate that from the beginning, help them find and establish care providers that are going to be supportive if they choose to consume during their pregnancy. We help them figure out how to vet and find products that are going to be, you know, better, right? So Mm. we teach them to just different methodologies of consuming cannabis and the why and the how and the risks that could potentially be involved and just information, education. This is what all of you ladies are doing. It's like education, education, and then you can make up your mind. If you get information that's real, then you have the ability to make up your own mind and decide because I've had, I had a can of nurse on last week, Maria Fratoni, Marisa Fratoni. And yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're talking about the same thing. Right. So, but she was talking about, you know, she's always very, very cautious. This is how she approaches thing. We really don't have that much research, but she is in this world and she knows how to sort of make that balance. So it's what, you know, those are the conversations that need to be happening and not just doctors who know nothing and say, we're not talking about it. 
Yeah, it's like we pretty much are trying to create a bridge between the patients and the providers that's safe, that you can walk over, get information, and walk back and execute depending on, you know, your family's needs and comfort levels. You know, there is still uh, a risk to consuming cannabis in pregnancy, not necessarily a risk of harm to your baby, but a risk of being stuck in a political uh, system that is just going to harass you and judge you and potentially criminalize you for your choices, even though the states, the majority have said as a adult 21 or over, you have the right to consume this. There's these little gray loopholes where they can still execute stigma and discrimination, really. But that's what we're going to crush. All right. We're going to thank our sponsor this week, Courage and Cannabis, for supporting today's podcast. And then we'll be right back with our guest, Kelly Bruce, the Canna Mummy. So you know what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, are you looking for a great holiday gift this season for your favorite Canna Curious Reader? I have a great suggestion for you. Courage and Cannabis is a compilation of stories written by doctors, lawyers, patients, caregivers, entrepreneurs, activists, and podcasters. Each story is unique, and each story is written with the hope of inspiring others. And as a contributor, I can say that is true. The authors in this book took a leap of faith and courage when deciding that cannabis was the best option for their lives. You know I believe in the power of stories, and the storytelling in Courage and Cannabis is meant to help and motivate others. Readers will get to know the authors intimately, learning of their struggles, their triumphs, and the perseverance it took to be able to share their story in the pages of this groundbreaking book. The power is in the stories. We want to thank Courage and Cannabis for their support of the Cannon Mom Show. And next week, we'll begin a series of interviews with about eight of the authors. We are so looking forward to that. Courage and Cannabis will be available December 2021 and will be available on Amazon and through me, I hope, where you can get a signed copy as a thank you for your support. So thank you, Courage and Cannabis Mastermind, Dr. Bridget Williams, for all your support. Courage and Cannabis out at the end of December. All right, we are back. We are going to take a little detour with my new friend, Tia Moskalenko of Ask Growers. I'm going to ask her a little bit just to describe what Ask Growers is, and then we're going to talk about, about cannabis and keeping your cannabis fresh. So welcome, Tia. Hi, thanks for having me. Sure. So a couple of words about Ask Growers. We are an online platform for cannabis enthusiasts and for people who just love weed, uh, love growing it, etc., etc., etc. So we uh, are on the mission to share the accurate information about everything that's related to the cannabis industry. And we are sharing the exact and truthful facts about it. So uh, yeah, to cut the long story short, that's about it. <laughs> All right. So I know that there's a bunch of things I was going to ask you, but like we're talking about cannabis. I know we talk about terpenes. I know we talk about uh, cannabinoids. There's all sorts of things. But one of the things people do want to know is when you have uh, flour, how long does it stay fresh? <laughs> is it does it go like is there things that we should be caring, worried about when we're caring for our, our cannabis when we're storing it? Of course. I mean, uh, it's up to two years. And but if you store it properly okay, so for two years, I think. And what does proper storage look like? So it's like about a couple of factors. First, you need to store it in the cold and dark place. Then um, you need to have like a specific package for it. No need to use like 
bags or anything else. Me personally, I handle it in a small glass item. Okay. It, it actually matters how many grams I have. Yeah. And of course, you should check the level of humidity. It should be around 59 to 63% of humidity, I think, to make it fresh and to use it afterwards. Okay. And then what are some myths? Are there some myths about what old weed and storage? Is there something about like what happens to it as it ages? Is that a myth or a real thing? What are, what are some of the stories that are told? About? Well, I have a couple of stories and I was laughing because I've stored my cannabis in the refrigerator and uh, you shouldn't do that because it actually lowers the level of THC in the plant. So you do not have to store it in the refrigerator. And another one, which I was pretty shocked about that some people think that you can add an orange peel in the back where you where you actually store your weed and it kind of will it kind of helps you with the moisturing process but it doesn't work that well so in the end you will increase the risks of over moisturing and it also can change the aroma and taste of your marijuana so you just need to be careful with such myths yeah I think I've heard that one I do think I've seen that like a, a Yeah, my my son tried to do it. He's like showed me like the bud got really big and fluffy and it was like moist. It was weird. I didn't understand what had happened. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I've never tried that. But I mean, if people talk about that, you should be really aware that it's not actually the thing you should do. All right. Don't put orange peels in. That's something you're going to learn today from yeah. the show. Yeah. And then just, I know a lot of people are home growing now. This is a big discussion. I actually got myself seeds last weekend at the Harvest Cup. So I'm going to try it again. Do you have, I know, you know, the grow part is one thing, but the drying, that's apparently a whole other specialty. Do you have any tips? For home growers, when they're actually, once they're harvesting, about what to, the best way to harvest? And- well, I think you should have a lamp to grow it because uh, you can only grow, I guess, in summer and that's it. And plus, like I said, the level of humidity is, I guess, this, the key to success. Because if it's more than 63 or 65, it's going to be not that good. Okay. And, and what about the drying? The drying, like once you've harvested, what any tips of like where it should be? dried and just underneath the lamp is that what you're saying drying it in a dark place okay uh, for sure maybe i didn't have a chance to grow it myself i've tried but uh, it was not that good (laughs) yeah um, uh, i guess the two main keys uh, you should dry it in the dark place and control the level of humidity that's apparently it's all about humidity all right so that is the thing we're learning today from ask growers and just give those up uh, the site again and the highlights of what they can find there. It's asgrowers.com. And if they're looking for, what are they looking for when they go there? They're looking for like what's in there, in their cannabis uh-huh. strains. That's the information they can find. There's trains and brands in there and also our blog where we share the information. And uh, I think the most interesting page for our readers, it's trains because they're not looking for particular brands. They're, they actually know what they're looking for. And uh, strains uh, are the most visited part of our website. So when you go there, you see a lot of strains, you see the explanation, what you're going to feel. We even have an article on our website, what kind of strains you should smoke to, I don't know, to play games or something like that. So yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting for everyone just to visit the strains page. Because I'm always looking, and I think it's helpful because not, you know, when you're here, the testing in Massachusetts is different than the testing in all the other states. We have no terpenes, people have different things on the labels, but um, there's a good site if you're looking for information about a strain for a lot more information than that's actually required by the state you're in. So thank you, Tia, for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thanks good for talk- having me. Good talking to you.
All right, we are back for our last few minutes with my friend Kelly Bruce, founder of Canna Mummy. Let's see. Are you still connected to any music thing, Kelly? Is that a thing with your life? <laughs> I will. <laughs> I mean, I miss Red Rocks so much. <laughs> I still haven't been there. I was supposed to go. I had tickets, but then COVID hit. Oh, you have to go, Joyce. It's the most magical venue in the world. I've heard. And my son's a musician. I don't know if you hear me. I talk about this. He actually does the music for the show. So my dream is that he'll play there one day and I can go and see him on those amazing. Okay. Well, let me know. I'll be there. <laughs> That's the magic stages. And um, all right. And you have four children now? Is that how many? I do. Yes. yes. One, three, five, and 11. And um, how do you? talk to them. I find that the kids of, you know, people in the industry know way more than most of the adults in the industry. (laughs) So we're pretty fortunate. So we are fully immersed like a hundred percent in the industry and in the lifestyle. And so we have, our kids have grown up literally in our farms. So they know how to transplant. They know how to de-leave. They can tell if a strain is, you know, there's my oldest is starting to understand the different terpene profiles wow. of strain and they, but you know, it's interesting because winter, my oldest, that's her name, winter Avery. She is still not convinced that cannabis isn't a drug. Interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I, we try to explain that it is actually a drug, right? Anything that changes your, your compound is considered right. a drug, right? I guess sugar, coffee, all drugs too. Everything's right? psychoactive. Um, Anything that animates right. your and psyche, so, animating your psyche. Yep. <laughs> and so she's, she's in a peer group now. So she's in middle school. And so it's, you know, I constantly am probing her for what is she saying out, right? And she was telling me the other day that these kids at her school were talking about how they had, you know, this really fire weed. And she said, let me, let me see it. And they're like, oh, we don't have it here. Cause they're at school. Right. And she's like, well, where did you get it? And they were like, it's from Humboldt. And she's like, ha. That's where my family grows all the way. Like, it's just, it's interesting to see how she goes about it. But then she's all like, do you even understand how they grew it? She's like, do you even know what it's for? And she tried, so she is the new way. I, right? so, I, I have a joke about this, but she's actually doing it. So yeah. my joke is that I'm the can mom kids. These kids are going to be offered cannabis at some point in their lives. And they're going to be like, well, what is it? Is a is it a hybrid, an indica? Is it what's the terpene profile? I, I got to test. I got to yeah. test later. I'm like, and they're gonna just they're gonna freak people out. But your daughter's actually doing. She, yeah, she's pretty much calling out the like kids, the boys, and telling them like, no, this weed is bunk. Like, you don't even know good weed. Oh, it, winter. But she hasn't consumed it yet. She has used. So she just started her menstrual cycle, and she has a kidney injury, so she cannot consume Advil or any NAIS or whatever they're called drugs, right? And so she has cramps. And so I um, told her that she can apply the topical patches again and go back to Mary's Medicinal. They have amazing products, and the we make our own infused coconut oil that I call all better cream. And so she's been able to use the the soaks, the patches, and topically apply. And she's just using I think full spectrum in a one to one ratio. So not even like the heavy hitting THC and she finds relief. So, you know, she's a walking billboard for it. She has literally come with me to conferences and talked with children who are terminally ill that are using cannabis to extend and better the quality of their life. She's talked to old, older generation of people who are using cannabis to cure like arthritis and, you know, other ailments. So she's, she's been fully exposed to it. And yet 
she still, you know, has fear around it. Testament. This is what I hear a lot. I mean, people don't believe this. I mean, if you grow up with knowledge and transparency, like, I don't want to be using my mother's medications. I, I, you know, in your head, yeah. it's a different thing when it's like hidden and it's like no one knows what it is and it's kind of mysterious and whatever. But this is like, yeah, then they want to try it. Yeah, yeah this <laughs> is they know all about it and you talk about it endlessly. They're like, I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I just, yeah, I mean, she, I tell her, you know, if you're ever, don't ever smoke anything anyone ever offers you. Okay. And if and when you're at that point, come talk to me. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Right. And so the, I'm hoping, my hope is that she knows enough to know not to smoke something that someone just gave her. That's my hope. Exactly. Um, and she has a power in her own um, agency to understand what's going on and to say no or to say yes. So I love that. And I got a couple more minutes. What's next? What are you doing next? Are you? <laughs> So we are launching actually in the end of this week, we finally are launching our Cannamami curated collections. So we actually are creating cannabis, like they're like boxes, they come in boxes, um, but they're not boxes, they're curated programs for, so we have a mom to be collection, which it has right now three boxes under it, one for first, second, and third trimester. We have a self-care collection. And it's really just plug and play. You, you buy the collection, it shows up at your house. We take you through the journey. We educate you on how you can use the different products in your box to achieve, you know, whatever it is. Um, and where is it avail- so where they- available? Is it California or everywhere? So right now we're just in California. Okay. You can go directly to canamami.com on Friday. Okay. <laughs> so you know, and then by the end of the month, hopefully, right? Yeah. And you can order it for delivery directly to your house. Again, this is only available in the California legal market, but we are hoping to continue to get the reach as far as out as we can. But yeah, we're really excited to do that. It's, you know, new, we're pretty much helping moms uh, figure out a safe way to use cannabis and get access to it. And I mentioned, so our hope is that we can bring the moms who have never thought about using cannabis and we can help guide them um, and show them that you can get relief. You can utilize cannabis in a safe and healthy way, and you can have a beautiful pregnancy alongside of it. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to feel shitty ladies. That's kind of my motto. All right. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. Can we put that on a shirt, Joyce? <laughs> it's like, it's been my, I mean, my whole life. I'm just like, I just kind of suffered through stuff because that's what they said. I was not a cannabis user. So I just, ladies, start from the beginning. Enjoy your your children. Enjoy your pregnancy. Enjoy your body. It's amazing that you can create humans. So um, yes. thank you, Kelly. Thank you. I so enjoyed our conversation. I could talk to you all day. Hopefully I'll make it out to California and do like a tour. So many yes, Joyce, let's do it. Come out here. We would love that. We can even do a special episode from the hills. <laughs> gotta go all right so i'm gonna be doing that so thank you for talking to us today happy thanksgiving thank to you, you both um if you want to reach them and all the stuff will be in the show notes like i always put it there so thanks for listening to another show for my guest and my canna bro david jazz and our canna mom show team i want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the canna mom show where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry one canna story at a time Thank you for following and subscribing and for sharing all the amazing cannabis stories of the women building this new industry. So together we can crush that stigma around cannabis and caregiving. I am your host, Joyce Gerber. This is the Cannamom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has kind of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects Network.